Welcome back to another episode of the Loyalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Jake Gibson and Sam Palumbo, and we are through our midweek madness. We were treated this week, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it just helps you get through the week. There's three games or three match days in midweek. It's it's just the best. You can't beat it. You really can't. Um, I was having a blast. Even if it was on in the background when I was doing stuff, it just it just makes every day better. Um, and then before you know it, tomorrow's Friday, and we got more games coming. Uh, do the games start tomorrow? No, they start 7.30 bright and early on Saturday. But still, uh, never too tough to get through a Friday. And then we got another great slate of games. I'm excited. Yeah, I think the midweek games, I think that's the only time it's fine not to have the Friday game for me. Yeah, I mean, you need a little one-day breather. I think that's fair to say. But uh, you might have noticed when you clicked on this podcast, we got we got a glow up. So shout out to my boy, other Jake, um, my buddy Kev's roommate, good friend of mine. Uh, he hooked us up with a lovely graphic. So for any graphic needs, f- feel free to h- hit up my buddy um, because I think the, the new logo looks great. It's definitely a logo we don't deserve. <laughs> yeah it's far more professional than we may ever be but it's uh it's great and i think the twitter page looks great uh our whole our whole appearance um you know online is much better so shout out to him for that much appreciated but we got a lot to cover because we had a great deal of midweek action and we have a great deal of action over the next three days uh so we're gonna jump into a recap first and foremost. And we started off hot with our Wolves pick uh, to beat Burnley. Wasn't as convincing as we might have liked, but they got the job done. Yeah, they did. Um, and Burnley didn't threaten that much. There was a kind of a double save um, in the first half. I forget who the goalkeeper is because um, it's Jose Saz out um, because of an injury that he had. But A lot of goalkeeper uh, injuries this year. Yeah, there are. A lot more than you'd ever expect. Um, His name's Dan Bentley. Producer just got in my ear. Oh, thank you. A shout out to him. Um, but he had, a, he had a nice double save. But other than that, Burnley really didn't threaten and Wolves were very content. Um, NBC did like a little um, spotlight on how Wolves got their goal and specifically like Lamina basically waiting to press knowing that Burnley wanted to play out of the back and just ball ends up at Wang's feet and He's been clinical. I mean, shout out to him. He's eight goals this season. I like Huang a lot, but I think my favorite player in that Wolves squad is Lamina. I like him a lot. I think he could fit into most sides. Yeah, I think I think he's finally getting the shine he deserved. Um, he's been playing well this season, and Wolves' success, definitely huge credit to him. For a long time, he was just good for chemistry links with Obama Young and FIFA. Um, he, but he's, people forget. But he's... Uh, He's much more than that these days. Um, but shout out to Wolves for hooking us up there. Then we head to Luton, Kenilworth Road. Um, madness. My first takeaways uh, the, after this Arsenal result were like the classic vintage. These are the games you have to win if you're going to win the title. You know, more feelings of Bournemouth last season, but we're not. But Luton are not close to the quality of the team of Bournemouth or this season or last season. So. 
after it's settled in, settled in for a few days, I'm more so feeling like, why did we make that so close? Well, I can tell you why we made it so close. Um, his name's David Rea. Uh, he played keeper for us. He was fucking awful. Um, boy, the two of those goals were horrific. Um, man, he looks weak on corners anytime he has to get up. Like the whole narrative that Rea was going to be better on crosses, uh, disagree. He has not shown anything like that. And credit to Ross Barkley for how he took his goal, but I mean, it has to be saved. Absolutely has to be saved. Um, credit to Arsenal, but I think they have a glaring weakness and something that Arteta doesn't want to have to keep talking about, but it's something that the press is going to continue to ask him about. Yeah, before I shit on Arsenal too much, um, I just want to give credit to Luton. They really gave Arsenal a game. Um, despite the goalkeeper stuff, they were in this. Um, Ross Barkley, who I sang his praises in the beginning of this season, I really liked the signing as somebody that's like talented and hungry um, and did show some stuff for Nice last season. So I love that pickup, and he's finally like allowing them to play the way they you know, want to play, a little more scrappy, but he's got more talent than anybody on their side of the pitch. Uh, their coach was singing his praises afterwards and just says, you know, some players just have quality that you can't coach uh, and get them to. And he's got it, which, you know, good for him. He's had a tough career and made it back to the Prem. And, you know, now he's looking great. Uh, some of the best form I've seen him play in his life. And uh, the rest of that team, they're not, they're not, Arsenal didn't play good, but they're not as bad as I think we say every single week. They've been, more frisky than Burnley and Sheffield, for sure. And their spot in the, in the standings solidifies that. They're only one point behind um, Everton and only four points behind Nottingham Forest, who are on dire straits. They're looking really bad. Uh, the chaos that they depended on early in the season is it's not hooking them up lately. So credit to Luton. Uh, better. I was not familiar with their game, and I'm, I'm happy as somebody that predicted them to stay up. Um, but to get into Arsenal, uh, great game from Havertz. Absolutely great game from Havertz. Best I've seen him in an Arsenal shirt. Uh, his physicality was really needed in this game. Um, Jesus might've even had, might've been man of the match. He was, uh, just incredible going forward. That assist to Havertz, I don't think people are going to appreciate enough. Uh, I think Sam tweeted that out when he was, uh, you know, live tweeting during the game, but like. That defender is way bigger than him, and he just shoves him off to get the ball to bounce in the position he wants it before a one-touch assist and a cheeky little finish from Kai just letting the ball hit his foot to go under the keeper. But that was lovely, and I thought he was just really, really high quality the entire game. Credit to Rice. Um, Sam, is he worth it yet? He's fucking close. I mean, <laughs> the, the quality is undeniable, and, I mean, two stoppage time finishes. Um Man, I mean, it's hard to hard to dispute. Uh, yeah, just the goals were so good from Arsenal, but the goals we gave up were just so bad and so frustrating. Um, I'm getting to it, dude. Okay, I'm getting to it. I just wanted to point out the positives first. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Raya, I don't know what you do. Uh, Sam and I talked a little bit off pod. We wanted to save some for the pod. I think he starts again. I think he's still in shot stopping. Yeah, he's made more mistakes than Ram Ramsdale, but this season, 
Ramsdale made similar mistakes last season. But in terms of on the ball, he hasn't done anything close to what Ramsdale did. I know he his lack of ability to shot stop to stop the shots that went in. The corner was really bad, and the next one he clearly just had no confidence. The shot from Ross Barkley, um, but Ramsdale threw the ball at the ground in the game that he played against Brentford, and he also just stopped with the ball in the middle in the of the face of goal at the six. So that was really tough. And I've never seen a keeper look so incompetent and lack so much confidence that on the ball, they did that. And that's such a big part of Arteta's scheme. So I, I think he still starts Raya personally, but I can, I, I'm cool with him starting Ramsdale because that's kind of the precedent he set. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really challenging, right? I think he's created this whole narrative. Um, I, th- I imagine Raya starts because if Raya doesn't start, then I think they're both mentally broken. Whether that's fair or not, I don't think it's fair. Uh, Ramsdale probably should start. But I think mentally, you're going to have two goalkeepers with no confidence, which is a huge problem. Totally agree. I As a fan, I want Raya to start just because at least you can tell one of one guy like if if it's Ramsdale being like I just got fucked, I'm sorry, but at least Raya can be like the manager's got my back. Right. If not, then it's like if he's just doing it because he said earlier like he wishes he could sub a, a goalkeeper at times and like change the change the momentum of a game and he wants to back like stand up on those words, I disagree. But it'll be understood if he starts Ramsdale. I just don't think it's the best thing for Arsenal if he does personally. Yeah, I agree with you. So from there, uh, we had Liverpool, who fucked us a little bit. Uh, No such thing as a new manager bump in this situation. And Liverpool basically only got one off against Sheffield until the end of the game, right? Uh, Yeah. The second goal was, Mm -hmm. yeah, Sobosly and stoppage time, uh, which is is fraudulent. Uh, What Arsenal beat them? 5-0. And that was when we weren't scoring much. Yeah, uh, new manager, old manager bump for Sheffield, I guess. Um, This game had chances in it, and that was frustrating. Uh, I probably was too bullish on it because the new manager, old manager bump that Sheffield were going to get, try and pack it in. Is what it is. Liverpool get the clean sheet at Sheffield. They get the victory. They're two points off Arsenal. Doesn't feel like it because the big story is that Arsenal are six points clear of City, who just feel like the perennial team that you have to worry about. And they are. Um, but Liverpool are lurking. Um, Kelleher wasn't uh, bothered too much in this game. Uh, coming up, though, uh, Liverpool, they have... Hold on a sec. They have Palace, so he should be all right. And then they have Manu, and then they have Arsenal. If Allison can come back before those two games, they're probably safe. But if not, you know, Manu showed some quality this uh, this past match week. So, you know, I feel like they should be a little bit concerned if, if he's not recuperating quick. Yeah, I mean, clearly Allison offers something that, like, not other keepers in, in the world do. So uh, 
got to be rushing to get him back. So something to monitor. Something to monitor. From there, we're just trying to do these quick hitters uh, because we have so many games to preview. But Fulham, hell yeah, man. Great, great pick. 5-0. No red card. Just 5-0. Our Fulham. And just some lovely goals, honestly. Uh, Shout out to Jimenez and Awobi. A couple buckets. You just love to see it. Shout out to you. You said, I bet Jimenez and Awobi have good games. Uh, I saw a stat. Um, 32 weeks went by before Jimenez scored a goal, and in the past three weeks, he has three goals. So I think he was just on a cold streak, and he's finally finding his form. And Iwobi, I saw a Fulham, um, Fulham fan account say, I hope this lad stays and becomes our captain for years to come. He feels like it, doesn't it? And I would love that for him. He just bounced around, and he really is a quality player. Like He, he was never going to work at Arsenal, but I really do want the best for that guy. He's, he's a baller. Yeah, I mean, he just offers something unique that a lot of a lot of wingers don't offer. I think his sense off the ball and on the ball are just a lot better than most wingers are. Um, really smart finish. And him and Jimenez, their link-up play is awesome, and just them knowing where each other are is awesome. Uh, both really smart players, so I'm happy for them. And shout-out to them taking care of business for us. Let me do a temperature check real quick. Um, would you take a Wobie? Or Ilanga? Awobi. Would you take Awobi or Eze? Awobi. Would you take Awobi or Mudrik? If you take Mudrik, you have you have literal problems. That's what I hoped you would say. And would you take Awobi or Almiron? Ooh, that's tough. I'd go Almiron. Wow. I would take Awobi this season. But okay, I just wanted to see how far we could go with a Wobi on the <laughs> on the tiers of of Premier League wingers. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, credit to Fulham; they are finding their form. We were early on the squad; they're figuring it out. I'm so happy for that team because they deserve to be way better uh, than they were in the beginning of the season. And they're up to twelfth, man, with our bees. They're one point behind our bees, which feels crazy. My bees, I guess I should say. I don't know if Sam is all. On them like I am. Steve Cooper in in deep shit right now. Um, yes, Forrest are in a, We talked about Forrest being a team in decline and people not giving him credit for that. They are in deep shit right now. Um, definitely manager hot seat monitor situation. Definitely, uh, he always. I, I never understood the love with him personally. I didn't like. I knew they could eke out results, but I feel like he got a lot of attention last season. And I didn't really know why, I guess, because they got promoted. But, yeah, uh, he's he's not it for me. I could see that that fire happening. So, something to monitor. And uh, our cherries, man, 2-0 over Palace. We should have just stuck to our guns because Palace stink. I don't know how they're 14. They must have been their early season results because they have been bad for some time. Yeah, and we've talked about that, how much we dislike this Palace side and how bad they've been. Uh, I thought it was a genuine trap spot from Vegas uh, because uh, I thought people would hop on Bournemouth, so that's why we stayed away. But, I mean, I liked Bournemouth in that game, and we talked about the preview. We both liked Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth have been playing really good ball. Uh, 13 points from the past 18, that's what you just told me? Yeah, 13 points from the past 18 possible. Uh, Bournemouth are... Out of their past four games, they have three wins, um, and they won. They lost five games ago. 
They haven't they haven't lost in five match weeks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. They play good ball. They got a result against Villa, um, and really they were the better side against Villa, and to follow it up with a a dominating performance against Palace, they're they're no joke, man. They're they're in really good shape. They are here to stay. We put them in that group of newly promoted sides earlier this season. They do not belong there. I think they're in the class of Brentford and Fulham for me, uh, in a tier for sure. I feel like we got to do it tiers at some point because like it seems to really be formulating um, in the in the table. It's percolating for sure. Then uh, glad we didn't do Brentford and draw uh, because Brighton did get the better of them. I feel like we just cannot get a read on this Brighton team. They sit at eighth in the table. Um, did you see any of that game? Uh, no, I did not see any of this game. Um, yeah, Brentford scored a pen, and then Pascal Gross got a bucket before after that, and then they went on to win. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get to see any of this game, so I'm not really sure what to make of Brighton. Um, I mean, I guess they're rallying. They're a good team. I mean, that I think we were right to sell them because they've been playing poorly. Uh, but I think Deserby is a good manager. I think he'll get them going. Just a really young, inexperienced squad when you have so many players injured. So, Yeah, they have a lot out. Maybe we, maybe we took too much away from them. Only one loss in their last five, which I think we faded them more than that. So mm-hmm. maybe we got to give them a little more credit. Uh, he's a good manager, but if they can beat my bees. Maybe maybe they're the real deal. So Man United, their best performance of the season against Chelsea. Uh, I caught, there's about a 20-minute window that Sam and I missed, um, including the Man United winner. I caught up till like the 60th minute, and I think Sam watched the last 15 or so. Um, I guess Scott McTominay is a goal threat, but I, I that's, guess the only, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Aside from that, and aside from Anthony being a fucking bum, like guys saying it right now, he is my least favorite player in the Prem. He adds nothing. He like he made a couple good tackles, like so I understand like he does his job defensively. I don't want to hear it. He is so frustrating, and if he was on my team, like I would be just making burner after burner trying to get him sold. Uh, he's just a he's really a bum I, I don't think he's quality at all there's this tr- clip of him going viral from megging tiago silva on a, uh when he traps a ball that was coming from a, a goal kick from onana it was like 0.5 seconds after that that um he lost the ball tiago silva got megged and then tiago silva recovers gets the ball back not impressive at all but the, nobody's showing the second part of that clip it's fine um he's a bum but besides that United, best performance of the season that I've seen. Full credit to them. Uh, I don't know what to make of Chelsea. They, I think how I feel about them is they play down or up to their opposition. They play to their opposition more than any team in the league, and that can mean a 4-4 draw at City. A little bit of a fraudulent result against Tottenham because of a, the red card. Um, but they're... I don't I don't think they're as real as I thought they might be. I think Chelsea aren't as good as we thought they were, and I think we've recovered on that. But I will say this game was open, and if either team had more composure, this game could have been 
wildly different. Um, United missed a pen, obviously, early on. Um, so that was huge. And then I just pulled up the expected goals. Man United, 4.46 expected goals. Chelsea, 1.52. Um, I mean, I watched highlights after the fact. Uh, United were definitely the better side. But Chelsea had some really big chances that they squandered. Uh, specifically in the first half, Raheem Sterling just playing Nico Jackson and Nico Jackson refusing to put the ball in frame. Um, that one sticks out to me. I'm surprised this game wasn't a draw. Respect to United. I totally thought they would capitulate. Um, and Onana made some big saves for them. So they got the job done. It's a huge result for them. They Some much-needed momentum. And, you know, a lot of bad narratives around them. Uh, suddenly, they are creeping up the table. Um, they have 27 points. That puts them in sixth. So uh, nine points off the top and then three points off their neighbors in Manchester. It is pretty jarring the fact that Tottenham had their best ever start. They're like, we're winning the league, and she's the best manager of all time, and they're even on points with United. Like that is, this league is crazy, um, and three points off City is is even crazier. Uh, at at this point, if City get a points deduction this season, which I fully don't expect to happen, but if they did get one this season, I don't think they could win, just because of how good the top teams are. Um, but yeah, man, cre- credit to United. They they. They get these results. They have nine wins. That's as many as City. Um, and they haven't drawn a game yet, which is interesting. But this is the most of the ball in the big game I've seen them have. This is, I think, their first win against a top, like traditional top six team in a really long time. And also a quick shout out to Cole Palmer because his his goal was delightful. I actually like. I'm buying Cole Palmer stock. He's he. I think he's a baller. He's so frustrated. He'll have a moment of brilliance and then be largely annoying for half an hour. Um, but the goal was fantastic. Um, really classy stuff. I would say that United need to figure out the center of their midfield because Chelsea just teed off on them throughout this game and just had free runners the entire day. Yeah, they. I mean, they have stuff to figure out in all over the pitch, uh, but they they're riddled with injuries honestly they they've got guys coming back did you see the report today that came out that apparently um Casemiro Varan and Sancho are all for sale I did not um I've seen Sancho's for sale um but I didn't see the other two that is that is some good stuff I love to hear that I don't know how legit it is uh it was a guy from the Daily Mail not the worst not the best um but it's it's on the level of the independent. It's not the sun, but it's definitely not the athletic either. So, yeah, they have issues, uh, but they got guys coming back. Not sure about those guys getting sold. I guess we'll see in January. Um, I don't know. I think to lose Veron when Martinez is coming back soon would be a real loss. But I'm happy I don't have to worry about it. I, shout out to my friends that are dealing with this pain as a Man United fan right now, but they're getting results. I think Ten Hag just bought himself at least a month because I I was worried that he was he was out. If they lost this game, if they lost against Liverpool, and if they got knocked out of the Champions League, I think he was sacked. So, um, I do think he bought himself some time with this result. Over under one hundred thirty eight million for those three players. So we got Casemiro, Sancho, Varane, and I think under. I think they're all 
Sancho's lost his value because they know he's never going to play for them again, whatever team buys him, and the other two are getting old. I don't think, like, we sold we sold Jaka for thirty million, right? So thirteen or was it thirteen? Really? That's it. Yep. Wow. Some Lever- of the worst Lever- business of the summer. Leverkusen. We bought him for thirty million in twenty seventeen. Leverkusen fucking lucked out because he's still balling, and Leverkusen are great. We're gonna start monitoring them. They're first in the Bundesliga above uh, Bayern Munich. But anyway, yeah, if he was thirteen and he's an aging player, Casemiro has been largely bad, and Varane has been not consistently a starter uh, due to Ten Hag. I feel like he's got a little bit of value, but nowhere near enough for the three of them to add up to 138, 140 million. I feel like they're going to, they would hope to get 100 from the three of them, I think. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think I, I'm, I would be very intrigued to see what Sancho would catch on the open market. You know, for me, they just seem, the three of them seem like a great fit for the spine of Al Etifak. I uh, just, you know, I, I think they can do it on a hot night in Saudi Arabia. So, I love that shout. I love that shout. Um, I wouldn't watch, but I, I would love a FIFA chemistry triangle in Saudi Arabia with uh, with those three former Red Devils. So that's something to monitor. Um, Sam, we gotta we gotta cook through these because we got stuff to preview. Um, okay. So from there, uh, huge result: Villa over City. Uh, just a tactical masterclass. I can't believe Unai Emery is him, but I am terrified to go to Villa Park this weekend as an Arsenal fan because he just let uh, allowed the least amount of chances in a goal in a game Pep has ever managed at Manchester City. Two, um, he had the most chances against a team that Pep has managed at Manchester City, twenty-two, and that game could have been two-nil, three-nil. Uh, City didn't generate an expected goal after the 11th minute. Wow. Like people shit on Arsenal for capitulating at the end of last season. Saliba was injured. If Rodri was injured, City City wouldn't win shit. Sorry to say. They haven't won they're 0 0 and 4 in his games that he hasn't been in and Aston Villa were all over them. Yeah, I mean they got they got absolutely mauled by Villa's side. Leon Bailey was fucking awesome in this game. Uh they City just couldn't get near him. Um, his goal was fortuitous, but very unlucky not to score. Douglas Louise also, he had a ball in the net and then VAR was like, oh no, the ball's over the line. Uh, very interesting. Um, because what we've seen in the past with VAR, uh, and then Douglas Louise had a finesse shot that smacked the post. So, I mean, this game could have gotten out of hand for city, uh, one nil, I think was very flattering for them. Definitely worried about Arsenal going to play them this weekend. Uh, we'll be absolutely staying away from that. Uh, Villa Park is just like, you're just going to get absolutely mauled by this Villa side. Huge shout out to Leon Bailey. Uh, I think they got him from the Bundesliga like four years ago or something like that. And I really liked the pickup back then. Um, and he never really panned out. And I kind of wrote him off. He's always kind of lingered in this squad. I can... I feel like I want to compare it to like Lamella for Spurs. Like he's just kind of hung around, hung around, and like had moments, but never uh, consistently been great. And here he is working his way into the starting eleven for this squad, and pretty much giving Musa Diaby a spot on the bench uh, because he has been awesome, largely for the 
past like six weeks, and it's been really impressive to see. Um, hoping we get a chance to talk to some Villa, Villa fans at some point on the podcast, uh, something to monitor. But this team just looks awesome. Shout out to Emery. It's like his vision is really coming together. Martinez, just unbelievable stuff. Uh, he basically City's biggest chance to start early, when, and this game could have been a lot different otherwise. Um, he had a double save that was just really good. I mean, Holland probably should have done better on that header, but still, like, it's not an easy thing to do from Martinez, and he did great. Um, and yeah, I, I'd question Martina, uh, Emmy, Emery. Sorry about that. I questioned Emery playing Telemans in this advanced role. It's really panned out. Um, they're just really solid defensively, and he comes back and helps a lot. Douglas Louise is probably one of the in the starting 11 for the. Premier League team of the season right now. And uh, this team is clicking on all cylinders. So terrifying time to catch them as an Arsenal fan. But shout out to the villains because this was probably the biggest result in their club's recent history. Yeah, I mean, just just a great game all around. They dominated. Um, just John McGinn, it's my guy. Just man gets buckets also. Um, Ollie Watkins is unlucky not to score. Yuri Tillemans, like you said, you know what's crazy about this team? Last year, I thought Buendia was like very clearly their best player. Um, so the reason I wasn't so bullish on them this season is because Buendia got hurt when we did our uh, Premier League like like table predictions. Uh, they've been fine. So whenever he comes back, that's going to be a huge boost for this team too. I had them in fifth. I really liked them coming into this year just because of how they ended last season. But yeah, um, they just got a lot of quality all over the pitch. McGinn's awesome to watch uh, as well. And how, how about Digne still still being a baller? That guy has been in the Premier League forever, and that's that's your French boy. He's hopped around to a lot of different teams. Uh, just very, very sensible defender. Wish Wish my game was exactly his game. So shout out to the villains. Um, we'll have a prediction on that in a few minutes. But uh, to round out this uh, recap, Everton just housed Newcastle at Goodison. This is the result we expected from them against Manchester United. Yeah, Everton are good. And I'm just going to keep saying that uh, because they are. Uh, they dominated Newcastle in this game, deserved 3-0. Uh, it all came late, but they had Calvert-Lewin, um, our boy that I classically do not rate at all. Uh, he had a sitter that he just, it was vintage English composure, just blasted out of the stadium. Um, yeah, Everton deserved this win. And that's why we were worried about betting that game. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say start Beto, but they need a striker in January. DCL ain't it. Uh, Beto definitely isn't it either. So I think they need to make some acquisitions. Uh, probably not a huge name, but they could sign somebody. Oh, wait, maybe they'll get docked another 10 points if they do that. If they had their normal point total, they would be above Chelsea right now, and that is crazy. Sean Deitch, man, give him credit because this team is balling and really got no resources. We were shitting all over this team during the transfer market segment. He has them playing really good ball with not fantastic players. Shout out to my boy Dwight McNeil. I love the lad. Uh, from there we go to Tottenham West Ham and Spurs score first and they lose. How about that? They are out of their last four games, four losses, one draw. Thankfully the draw came to City. No idea how we ca caught that at the right time. 
but they are in tough times. Yeah, I mean, just so Spursy. Really, really so Spursy. Um, their goal was scummy off a corner. Um, so we will say that. But also, West Ham's goals were also very scummy. So not, I think, 2-1 for both teams. Pretty flattering. Uh, classic Derby stuff. We'll say that. Definitely classic Derby stuff. Shout out to West Ham, I guess. A little bit of credit for a team that I don't credit at all, but I'm happy they took some points for our North London rivals. That's cool. Shout out to James Ward-Prowse. Just shouted him out getting a goal. And boy, was it an undeserved goal, but we will take it. Shout out to him. Um, Speaking of London rivals, let's start match week 16. Uh, I'll timestamp this for you listeners who don't care about the midweek match week. Um, but starting right now, uh, let's get, let's jump into it. Crystal Palace hosting Liverpool. I mean, with everything we've said about Palace, you just got to think this is all Liverpool. Liverpool three, Palace nil. Okay, moving on. Uh, Wolves hosting Forest. Wolves on the up, Forest on the down. Oh, our Wolves. I think it has to be, uh, Forest, they're in deep shit, just, not going to have enough time to play against a very organized and smart Wolves side. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Forrest right now. Um, Cooper is probably really feeling the, feeling the heat and it's probably not great times in the dressing room because they're on the downswing. Wolves are just becoming more and more consistent. I feel like than we thought of them earlier on. Um, really big results um, this past midweek, and I feel like it's going to be more of the same at home. Forest kind of stink right now, and and this should be all Wolves. So we're we're probably going to go back to to one of our favorite squads in the Prem. Um, from there, Brighton hosts Burnley, and it might be time to buy the Seagulls. Yeah, I mean, anytime you play Burnley, it's a good opportunity, I would say, to get in the winning position. Burnley are home, or Brighton are home, excuse me, in this game, uh, and I fully expect them to take care of a, a pretty poor Burnley side. I think so. I think I think they should get a result. Like I said, only one loss in their last five. I feel like at home you would expect this to be pretty much all Brighton, so... My picks will reflect that. I'm. I know that. I know they've been dead to me, but I. I think it's time to revive them a little bit. And then another team I love, my bees, traveling to the Blades at Sheffield. I love them. I just love them in this spot. I adore them. And uh, Brentford. So they three losses in their last five, no draws. Um, but I believe of those two wins. I think we were on them for both of them. So I'm going to keep it up. I love the bees in this spot. And uh, and I don't see where Sheffield have a chance. I, I'm, I'm firmly on in the spot in the belief that they are the worst team in, in the league. So I, I think I have to take my bees. I think when you bring back your fired manager, just hoping to recapture the joy that Sheffield used to play with and the energy they used to play with, I think it says a lot about the squad that you're rocking with and how the vibes are. Yeah, 1,000%. They're they're in some tough times. Um, United-Bournemouth, and this this game, I 
I think we have to take a look at. I I, I don't know, man. It, it's at Old Trafford, which worries me, and United just had their biggest result of the season. But the Cherries are on the up and up, and I feel like I feel like United might not give them the credit they deserve. I just think I think you have an underdog that plays very well uh, and is trending in the right direction. And I think United played a very poor Chelsea side. And credit to them, they got a result against that Chelsea side. But they were susceptible. Uh, and I think in this game, gave me Solanke to have any of the chances that Nico Jackson had. And we're good. And that's what I think happens in this game. Uh, I think it could be a goals, goals, goals situation. Uh, but... Bournemouth definitely would not be surprised to see them take away points. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I I like their chances to get something in this game. So, something to monitor. Um, This could be a letdown spot for United as well. I feel like a lot of the public is going to be all over them after that result. So, we'll see. Definitely something to monitor. And then the villain in the marquee matchup, the villains host Arsenal at Villa Park. So, the narrative is all over this game. Um, it's just, it just couldn't be written better in a, in a fairy tale, quite frankly. Uh, they, the villains are 14 straight wins at Villa Park. The, the game before that 14th win, their last loss, Arsenal. It was that all-timer when Arsenal came back from down 3-2 um, and, or down 1-2, and then Zinchenko scored... Jorginho scores a late winner off Emmy Martinez's head, and then Gabby Martinelli makes it 4-2 and celebrates before he scores on the breakaway. Uh, that was the last time they lost at the stadium. They're going for 15 straight, the most in their club's history uh, in a row at home, and it's against Arsenal. And it's Emery versus Arteta, but guess what? Arteta's not on the touchline because he got suspended for a bullshit yellow card uh, against for celebrating against um, Luton which he really didn't celebrate that much compared to how people celebrate throughout the Premier League. So um, he gets a yellow card. He's not on the touchline. And yeah, this this game's going to be, I think it could be an all-timer, Sam. I, I have no idea what to make of it. Uh, yeah, total stay away. Yeah, I mean, I like Villa in this spot. Um, wow. I wow. Think, I think they handled City... Very easily. Um, and obviously, City without Rodri are a different beast. It's well documented. Um, and we've seen that play out. And Vegas agrees with that analysis. Uh, but definitely think Arsenal could be susceptible in this game. Um, that performance against Luton, while it was good attacking-wise, the defending was very suspect. Uh, and I think a better side like Villa could take advantage of that. Um, I hope it doesn't happen. But... The difference, there's a difference between the goalkeepers in this game, Emmy Martinez kind of on fire, uh, trending in the right direction, and both of our keepers are kind of shit. <laughs> kind of is to put it lightly. Um, yeah, we have two shitty keepers, and they have one great one who used to be ours, so it's a totally cool bit. Um, can you, can you know, just man. acknowledge the fact that I've been an Emmy Martinez guy forever and how mad I was when we picked Burnt Leto over Emmy Martinez because we didn't want to have to like sadly get rid of Leno too quickly? I am right there with you, brother. I I really thought he was the choice over Leno, and then keeping Leno was a choice, and then we picked up Ramsdale, who makes 
all these mistakes. I mean, he helped us to a great position last season, but he continued to make those mistakes. And, you know, now we're just in no man's land with two keepers and that's just kind of unprecedented. So <laughs> is what it is. But um, what I wanted to say is how do you think Arteta approaches this? Like, is it a situation where it's like during COVID when he got on the locker room and zoom? Um, is it a, like, can, I don't know what the rules are or is he not allowed to correspond with anybody on the, t- on the staff at all? Is he texting Stoivenberg? Like, how, how does this work? So I thought he could sit, just not on the bench. Kind of like what Ten Hag had to do the other day um, when they played, when United played Everton. That was my understanding. This is separate from the ban that he will get at some point for the post-game Newcastle comments. Yeah, so Ten Hag was behind, but he was like kind of like in the stands right behind the right behind the bench. But I'm just saying, like, is he allowed in the room, in the locker room? Can he give a halftime talk? That That's the part I'm confused about. My guess would be, yes, he's allowed to give a halftime talk, but he has to sit in the stands, um, which I'm not sure what that entails completely. Uh, but we'll see. I, I don't I don't think Arteta being there or not is something that's worth, worth us caring about uh you know he has a lot of faith in his staff to relay what he's thinking i i don't know i I feel like there's so many times i've seen him give little messages here and there uh during those water breaks or you know to disenchenko on the left line and um you know things happen from that like there's been many tweets of people acknowledging that um from the fan base being like give our give arteta a chance to talk you know not in the halftime talk and good things happen. Um, so I feel like there is a chance we miss, you know, mid match adjustments, but it, I mean, it, whatever's going to happen in this game is going to happen and we're just going to have to wait and see. I love that. Um, objectively, it's hard to not like the villains. You're right. But my heart is with the gunners. And with that being said, like pray for Luton, just pray for them because city are just coming in. Rodri's back, and holy shit, man! They they have three points in the last month. Their first, they have the least amount of points in the prem in the last four games. I didn't think I'd ever say that in my life. They have, uh, let me look at their recent. They have a a loss, a draw, 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 and then a win five matches ago. But three points from their last four that takes us back to like November fourth that they got a win. Uh, just pray for Luton feel bad for Luton. Um, I mean, this is the biggest lash out spot of lash out spots. Um, honestly, like if we want to do a spring sprinkle Holland hat trick would definitely be something I'd be taking a look at. Oh, I, I don't hate that at all. Honestly, uh, just a half, you know, on the sprinkle. Um, there's definitely a good chance of that. He has been bad lately and I feel like he's more than they can handle after giving all they had against Arsenal. I didn't know that about the pitch being three meters shorter on uh, both wide and long Um, and them quote unquote using that as an advantage or their hidden secret. That should, that's the shit that pisses me off about baseball when it's like, Oh yeah, it's really cool. Every stadium has a different length for a home run. And I'm like, shouldn't this be like regulated? Shouldn't it be the same all the time? Like I understand they came from the national league, but come on, like fucking extend the pitch. I kind of agree with you. I think it's absolutely crazy that soccer pitches can be different lengths. And also, you'll read about, if you, you can read about Jose Mourinho, who would tell his grounds crew to grow out 
the grass anytime they played Arsenal, so it would be more difficult for them to pass. And it's like, how the fuck is that legal? Um, and just, you know, just the mind games and stuff. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I totally agree with you on baseball. Like, oh, it's the green monster. It's like, well, how does that make any <laughs> fucking sense? Oh, man, don't go to San Francisco. It's tough to hit one there. What the fuck you mean? It should, it's the same. It's the same sport. Like, there's no reason. It's like they get to play their 82 games, so they get an advantage. All the, That doesn't make any sense. It's like maybe they let the same team give their best player steroids for half the season. I don't know. Um, okay, moving on to Fulham hosting West Ham. Boy, does this feel like a letdown spot for the Irons, and boy, is it time to stay with our freaking Fulham. Are Fulham. I don't. I don't know their mascot, but hell yeah. All I know is it's Craven Cottage, but I don't know their mascot. Um, I think Cottagers. We'll just go with that. Um, Let's get the producer on it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Fulham in this spot. They've been playing really good ball. Jimenez. Jimenez is a bucket. He's just rolling the clock back. He's like, oh wait, I'm a classy striker in the prem. Uh, I believe that's true. I believe Awobi's good. And I think West Ham are kind of frauds. Um, and this game will be. This game will be at Fulham, which makes it even better for me. I think Fulham are being rated as a team that's kind of a bottom six, bottom eight team. Uh, and West Ham are being rated as a team that's kind of top eight. And I disagree with that. I think they're uh, very neutral. Uh, and it's very close dispersion between the two. So I, I like Fulham in this spot. So Fulham are called the Cottagers. You're right on with that, brother. But uh, their mascot is Billy the Badger. Um, shout out to him. So yeah, I love Fulham in this spot. This this is this is all them, and so do Vegas. So we'll we'll be all over that one. Uh, from there, we have Everton hosting Chelsea, and uh, I I don't know what to make of this or the next game. Tottenham hosting Newcastle. These might just both be stayaways. I, like I said, I I want to think Chelsea might get back in this spot, but I think they just play down or up to their opposition. And Everton have been playing good too, so I, I don't know. But Chelsea just have too much quality on certain games that I, I don't really like Everton either. And then Tottenham, Newcastle. Tottenham are just on the downswing, and I thought Newcastle were on the upswing. Um, and then they lose 3-0 to Everton. So that's just classic Prem stuff for you. I, uh, I want to back Everton, but I just have such a bad taste in my mouth from that United game. Um, so that's making me reluctant too. Also, I just think the new Newcastle, it could have just been a look ahead spot for Spurs, um, to the weekend thinking that they could just go in and kind of outplay Everton. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, but I am going to just kind of diminish that performance for both sides a little bit. Um, I do think Newcastle probably get the best of Spurs because Spurs are in a bad place against a bad West Ham team. Um, just think Newcastle will be up for this game. I I feel like that if there is a pick, it's that. But I just I don't know. We've seen Tottenham rise up against City too, and it's it's at Tottenham, so uh, I really I don't know if it's worth investing. That's all. Yeah. All right. That's fine. All right. So let's get into some of these picks. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. So I, right, I, go ahead. I have a few things written down and you, you're going to have complete veto power. Cause I think I, I've gone a little crazy. Um, it's a fun match week, but we don't want to, we don't want to be crazy. 
we don't want to do that. That's that's silly stuff. Um, so my first pick is Wolves money line parlayed with over one and a half goals in Burnley versus Brighton. Uh, Brighton obviously uh, don't like keeping clean sheets, and I think they'll win this game. So by that math, over one and a half should be pretty easy, and I think Wolves win their game. I was letting you go with Wolves because I knew you would have it. Uh, I want that. I want them. I want to be all over them. I'm happy to take Wolves in this spot. Um, it's not a two unit, or is it? They're not good enough for that, right? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right. So, Wolves, and then over one and a half, Brighton Burnley. Yes. Okay. All right. So I have Liverpool parlayed with Brighton. And what's that? Plus 121. Wow. That's inspiring stuff. I <laughs> I did think the Liverpool odds were strange to me. Minus 200 seems very light against a poor Palace side. But I'm willing to do it. Uh, yeah, I think Palace are really bad. Sam, I think we just have to stick. There's something going on with Vegas and Palace. The same reason that they're at plus 115 against Bournemouth. Like, we okay. just have to... I feel like the books haven't caught on to how bad they are. That's if fun. if this is a rat, then we're wrong. But I feel like they just don't realize. I mean, they're still plus 500 for this game, so they feel like they have no shot. Maybe they feel like it could be a draw, but I feel like this sh- it will be all Liverpool. Okay, yeah. Um. So I like Everton-Chelsea over 2.5, parlayed with Spurs-Newcastle over 1.5. That's minus 102. Everton, Chelsea over two and a half, and then Spurs, Newcastle over one and a half? Yes. Seems easy. I I think that people aren't valuing how Chelsea created chances in that game against United. Um, and Everton are also susceptible to giving up goals as well. Um, them, Everton, Chelsea over two and a half is minus 136. I feel like that's pretty generous. Um, and yeah, parlayed with Spurs, Newcastle over one and a half. And I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen, uh, it's minus one Oh two. So I feel like that's a pretty good number. I, I think I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm fine with that. Um, we might have a few more this time. We went with five, uh, midweek and we did finish plus 1.23. Uh, the positive streak keeps going, which I'm happy about, but it should have been more. I feel like we were right about a lot midweek. So, um, we might have a little bit more picks this week. So, um, all right, how do you feel about my beast parlay with City? Straight up, plus 105. Let's do it. I like that. Cool. What were the odds on that? Plus 105. Plus 105. Wonderful. Um, all right, and then Fulham money line. Um, I mean, Fulham deserve, deserve this. They've been playing well. Um they played Villa well. Villa are really good. We know this. Um, they played Villa well, made it very difficult for them. I just think people aren't giving credit for how they've been trending, and it's finally clicking for them. I had it written down. I think we have to take. It's plus 135, and uh, that's right where they should be. I think we have to take them. Okay. Wonderful. You're now, I, have, I have a fun one, but I wanted to ask um, – what were we doing that was working? There, it was like an under 
under three and a half parlay or under two and a half parlay? Under three and a halves. So is there any you like for that? Because I feel like I feel like United Bournemouth could be one. So United and Bournemouth would would be one. Um and I think Arsenal Villa could sneaky be one as well. Um I don't you know, know that last game though was four two between them at home. I know That's what worries me. What about Brentford Sheffield under three and a half? That feels right. That definitely feels right. So that's plus one seventeen. Those two together. Wow, Brentford Sheffield. Brentford Sheffield parlayed with United Bournemouth. Yeah. Would we be worried at all about United finishing their chances or no? Because, I mean, I think a lot of their strikers don't have confidence right now, and a lot of their attacking players don't. I hate to say it because I've grown to like the guy um, with so, so many of my friends liking him so much. Rashford looks abysmal right now. I haven't seen him look this bad since, like, seven years ago. Um, and Hoyland hasn't scored yet in the Prem still. So I feel like it's still a good spot, uh, plus 117 for those two together. Um uh, the United were always a staple of those under three and a half. So uh, I, I still do like it. And then okay. sticking with that game, um, do you have any interest in Bournemouth and draw or is, or is United, is United, you know, frisky right now? I think Bournemouth double chance plus 145 is, I think it's something. Um, definitely think it's worth a look. Um, what? How many are we at right now? So right now we're under three and a half one. Right now we have six and I, okay. So we'll do it between these two and you tell me what you would rather do. We can do Bournemouth double chance or we can do Brighton money line wolves, double chance and Brentford double chance. And And that's plus one eighteen. What worries me is like, we're on all three of those already. We are. It, It leaves us exposed. If, Brighton doesn't come through for us for sure, which they haven't before. So it's true. I, I don't. I mean, hmm. I would say half unit on Bournemouth and draw, but then that yields only like 0.75 units. I mean, I do you want to try a half unit on that and then a sprinkle and then it's like seven? Then we're not risking too much. We just yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um. Okay. So for the sprinkle, I have a couple. Just real, of- just real quick though, before we we look at the sprinkle, because the sprinkle, it was alive this past the past time. It it was alive with the fact that obviously the first leg didn't hit, but Tottenham did their job, right? So half of that hit. Um. So. Is it time to to invest in Ashley Young to be booked? <laughs> it it may be it, it may be that time. Because the book the books don't seem to understand this is a regular thing, and he's going up against if he's right back, he's going up against Sterling, or Nkunku, or whoever they play out there who's fast and and their wingers are solid. Even if it's Mudrick, like he could totally be booked against Mudrick because he draws fouls. He's plus two twenty to be booked. 
Okay, I I don't don't hate that. Um, are we sure he's going to play? That's the only if thing I'm worried about. If he doesn't get play, it's voided. Oh man, I I don't hate it. Uh, okay, so I have something very interesting. Uh, okay, thirty-eight to one. Wow. Uh, Liverpool minus two and a half. City minus two and a half. Ashley Young to get booked. Wow. What if it's just Holland Hattrick, Ashley Young to get booked? Okay, hold on one sec. Because I worry about City. Just because of those odds and the fact that they didn't even put away Sheffield. I I, I worry about... Did I say City? I I meant to say I worry about Liverpool. Yes, you said City. Uh, okay, so that's twenty-four to one. Um, I almost like that better. Okay, if that Ashley, hits, that that is just a great banter bet. Also, um, <laughs> God, Holland to score a hat trick is plus seven hundred. That's so annoying. That that is yeah, but that makes me feel better about it. It does. It definitely does. So I feel like twenty-four to one. That hit, it yields 12 units. Like, come on. Okay. All right. So we'll do Bournemouth double chance for half a unit, and we'll do the sprinkle. Um, wow. This is going to be electric to type up. People are going to be like, what the hell are these guys' problems? So that's um, that's seven units, right? And the, for the listeners right now, the sprinkle is uh, 24 to 1, Holland to score a hat trick, Ashley Young to be booked, which is just a hilarious bet. And you, I mean, if you've been taking all these picks, you can afford half a unit on that. You can, you can. Um, plus two four six zero for that one. Um, that's almost twenty five to one. Almost, almost. Um, God, that's hilarious. Okay, uh, those are our picks. If that hits, we better go viral for something. <laughs> like I need, uh, I need this, I need this clip out and produced, and I need, I need this to go viral. All right, I'll read them out for the listeners. Uh, we got Liverpool Brighton money line plus one twenty one. We got Wolves and over one and a half goals in Burnley versus Brighton. That's plus one eleven. We have Everton Chelsea over two and a half with Spurs Newcastle over one and a half. That's minus one hundred two. We have Brentford money line and City money line. That's plus one hundred five. We have Brentford under three and a half, United Bournemouth under three and a half, that's plus one seventeen. We have Fulham money line plus one thirty five. We have Bournemouth double chance plus one forty five for half a unit. And then we have Ashley Young to get booked and Holland Hattrick plus two four six zero. And those are your loyalist picks. Um, make some money this weekend. I feel really good about this slate and uh you know what happened at work today? You know what happened, Sam, for the first time all year? What? A sprinkle of snow. Just a little <laughs> dusting right right outside my window. And that's not even a lie. It's a fucking omen is what it is. So let's make some money. Let's have ourselves a weekend. Um, enjoy these games. Go Gunners. Good luck against Villa. But we have our doubts. But I believe um, everybody have a fun, safe weekend. And we will catch you on Tuesday. See you guys.